Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. Today we are going to have Building Arizona Families receptionist join us. Uh, She came from an area of employment that was not in the adoption world. And so she is a, a fresh pair of eyes who was able to come into the adoption world and see what it was really like. And I thought after, it's been about two years, is that right that you've been working with us? Yeah. It'd be really neat to kind of reflect on the past two years about what you thought about adoption or believed in about adoption as to what you have seen over the past two years. And if any of your viewpoints have changed or if anything is looked at differently than it may have been before. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, um, yes, things are different because when I first thought of adoption, it was always what I seen like in the lifetime shows with the, you know, the young girl trying to go to school and something happened, so she wasn't able to go to school. So she would, you know, face the baby up for adoption. But here it's like real life. Like people, women, they're struggling with, you know, other stuff going on in their life or stuff happened. So this is like the best choice for them. And then even with the adopted parents, I've seen that, like, these girls, like, this is the best way they can make for themselves, and then they help the other family, too. Have there been any situations that have caused, like, emotions in you that you were surprised to be feeling at that moment, like it really got to you? Is there a situation you can talk about without names? Mm -hmm. Yes, but for the better, nothing nothing bad. Um, Just the girl can make her life better. So by her doing this, it helped her because she, like, she grew up, you know what I mean? Because she had to grow up, but um, who she placed, it helped her because she got sober, started working, and then she had another baby, and she's taking care of that baby now. Yeah, and that's amazing. That That is an amazing uh, situation. Yes, so when you first came to us, and it was not really what you were expecting in terms of the clientele or the reasons no. or rationale behind their choices, was it eye-opening to you? Yes, very. Because the girls come in and it's like, well, you know, this was all new to me, so I didn't know what to expect. And then they come in and but the 
the agency really helps them because they give them everything, like the housing, the support that they need. Like they can call anybody here and anybody will talk to them. Right. And with you being in the front, uh, I know that sometimes you get to overhear things that they're talking about, or they'll show you pictures of the babies. Um, you also, you know, they may treat you like a hairdresser in the sense that they want to, you know, tell you things or confide in you. <laughs> and um, how would you describe the women that we work with? They'd have red flights. Maybe some of them, not all of them, but, or yeah, they'd have red flights and um, they need help. Is there? And a lot of them want mm-hmm. the help. They just don't know how to get it. Yeah, that's true. Is there something, do you think, that differentiates the ladies that come in versus, and, and place their babies for adoption, versus the women that choose not to place their baby for adoption and don't come into an adoption agency, and their babies wind up in, in foster care or a ward of the state? What do you think is the difference between the, the two types of, of mothers, really? I don't think that they know that with adoption that they can continue to have a relationship with their child. So they try to do it on their own and then, you know, they get lost in the system and then they lose that too. Right. And with adoption, they have the open, they have the choice, you know, they want to keep it open or close adoption. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. What did you know about open adoption, if anything, coming into to the agency to work for us? Like, what did you, did you understand what it really was or was no, it? No, I didn't. I didn't know anything because I personally never, I, in my family, I just know like a cousin being adopted by my aunt, but never anything else. So I don't, I didn't know anything about adoption. Okay. So with that, Ron, do you have a question before I keep going with my, my list? Yes, actually, it makes me wonder what brought you to building Arizona families in the first place to, to get the job. I want to change and, um, cause I work with youth. And this was just different, and I was in, actually I started in the aftercare program, so I just wanted something different, and I'm glad I made the change. You did. You started off in the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and then uh, transitioned over to Building Arizona Families. But I know that it's even though it's the same company, and I know you you have done both, and you're kind of continuing to do both. Uh, yes. And with the aftercare program, when you saw a woman who came in and she was able to find herself and move forward in her life and, you know, gain education or get a job or secure long-term housing. Was that as rewarding to watch? Do you think? Yes. It was really nice to see the growth because, you know, they start on this side where they place the baby for adoption. And then after the adoption with the aftercare, they were able to do what they wanted to do. Like, you know, continue school, look for a home or just continue working on themselves. So when you have a woman sitting in the front desk and she's coming in and it's her first day, she's beginning the adoption journey and she's a, you know about to start the process and then she gets nervous or decides that, you know, that adoption isn't the right choice for her and she leaves, is it hard for you to watch her walk out the door knowing you know, the possibilities of CPS, DCS getting involved yes. and, and what she's missing out on? Yes, that happened actually earlier today, if I could talk about that. Yeah. Um, she came in with a friend, and then when they were, you know, explaining the process to her, she didn't want to continue, and her friend was saying, like, this is actually the best thing for her. She's homeless, and 
death, she's going to go out there and struggle by herself when she could be here getting help. What was the reason that she chose to leave and not proceed with her adoption plan? She didn't want to give up birth father information. Right. Uh, and that is something that we have seen uh, multiple times before. Yes. Unfortunately, what a lot of women who come into adoption and don't understand is, is that that birth father information will have to be given to DCS if they wind up taking custody of the baby and they will do their own investigation and it won't be very different from what we would have done to begin with. Right. And they'll still find, they'll still find him. Right. So it's not, you know, it's just delaying the inevitable in a lot of cases. Yes. What do you think that somebody who doesn't have any real firsthand knowledge of adoption or understand the process, the way that it works, what are, what is something that you would tell them that, Hey, like I didn't realize this happened this way, or this is really part of the process. Is there one thing that like just really, really surprised you? The, the bonding with the AP family and them, like we have one girl, well, we have several girls where their APs are real good, even after like the babies are older now, they're still in connect, um, communication and like they send gifts for birthdays and all that for their other kids and they get pictures, they get updates, like they still see the baby that they placed, but they just don't have the baby. You know what I'm saying? It, yes. It's really nice because they're still bonding with their little baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. When, when parenting isn't an option or it's not the right choice for, for a pregnant woman, this is a very, very good option or choice for them to make. When you are in the office and you're, you're, you're watching the women come in and, and go out and come in, is there ever a part of you? I know that when, when I'm working with the women, sometimes they'll come in and it's you it's like for me it's like a mothering instinct you just want to take care of them and make sure they're okay and and that is something that um you know goes through my head a lot I was just wondering if it went through yours as well yes and I think that's why when they sit up there they just talk because they just want somebody to listen to so I don't mind listening (laughs) yeah I have a question for both of you is it Kind of a, a danger to get a little too close to these birth mothers? Me personally, I don't think so, but I mean. Yeah, I, I agree with Mauda. I I don't think there is a, a danger. I think that when you are working with a population or clientele that really needs an actual real connection, I think being mindful of that yeah. and and not letting yourself, you know, not make that connection. I think you're doing a disservice to her and to, and to yourself, because when somebody does need that connection with you as a social service worker or in the environment, that's your responsibility is to meet them where they are and be as present and as interactive as you can. Yes. Now, do you continue the relationships even after the adoption is complete a lot of times? No, um, not in the same aspect or framework. So we okay. have the aftercare program. So we can see them, you know, in that environment as they're working to, you know, follow their dreams, improve themselves, secure long-term mm-hmm. housing. The relationship evolves. I wouldn't say that it's it's not the same, but it evolves and it changes to where she is because we want to her to continue to grow. And without, you know, if you keep everything the same, then there's going to be no progress. But if you, if you help her to launch 
and and move forward in her life and and be her you know an anchor that she can come back and talk to or step you know come by and say hello that is going to help her the most again still being there but maybe in a little bit of a different capacity yeah sometimes they even take forward with this like they'll come back and do a donation to the clothing closet which is you know always appreciated by them Yes, they do. I know when that happens, that that just warms my whole heart and soul. Like I, I love to see them paying it forward and understanding the value of helping. You know, when we have had women come back and help in the office yes. or at the Donna Cavins Foundation, I think that is not only positive for us as the recipient, but I also think that it's very positive for them being able to feel like they are then doing their part and helping Mm -hmm. pave the way for the next woman behind them. Is there any advice that you would give to somebody who was considering placing their baby for adoption? Or if you had a, 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 if you had a friend that had a daughter that was uh, pregnant and and looking into adoption, like what are some things that you would tell them? Um, I would tell them to do it because I mean, it's, it's not an abortion and the baby's living and you have the choice to decide whether you want to be a part of the, you know, like with the open or closed adoption. But I would tell them to do it. And then they get so much help, like the housing, the medical, extra stuff. They get, you know, food bags. They get support. Right. And I think that, you know, as a member of the, you know, the domestic adoption team, I think that you're able to see clearly where everybody's heart really is and what our united goal is. And yeah, I think that it it's something that you can definitely at the end of the day feel really good about being a participant of. I hope. <laughs> yes, no, yes, that baby and then it but also the adoptive family, they they get with not what they want, but what they need, what they're missing. You know, the family they want a baby. They're right. getting that too. So that's nice. Right. It's a win-win. The, you know, the, yes. the baby gets a beautiful adoptive family. The adoptive family gets a beautiful baby and the birth mother gets to place this child of hers in a beautiful family that she chooses. And she yes. then gets the assistance to help rebuild her own life and find her own dreams and still be a part of the baby's life. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. We really want to thank Mata for taking the time to join us and share with us. It's nice to see adoption from a fresh set of eyes. It's been 21 years since I was introduced to the world of adoption when I started dating my wife. And the one thing I remember from way back then is that there is no such thing as an uninterrupted date in this world. So Mata's perspective is a good reminder as to why we do this and the powerful and wonderful journey that adoption is. If you're pregnant and considering adoption, we are here for you and understand what you're going through. We've helped hundreds of women place their babies for adoption, and we want to help you as well. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. 
If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.